Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Baggies One Up podcast. You're joining us of course for the Cooldown Excel and I think I should start off by saying Happy Valentine's Day, of course guys. We love you all and uh, our, our lady love Westbrook Albion, she repaid us today with a 1-1. Oh, she did indeed. A 1-1 against Man United, could have been more, she teased us. She did tease she did. us. She's, she's a hell of a tease, mate. Hell yeah, of a she tease did. is uh, good old West Bromwich Albion. And I tell you what, I'm in love with a man, mate. And that man's name is Sam Johnston for keeping us in the game in the 94th minute. Well, there we go. Minute. That's what your excuse, guy. guys. Um, <laughs> Dom coming out the closet within the first 35 seconds of the podcast. Uh, and That's declaring it. his love for Sam Johnston. Fair enough. I think we'd and all happy agree. about it. Yeah. And very, very happy about it. Yeah. The guy's exceptional, mate. Honest to God. No, I was unreal. on the edge of the seat. And I was... Oh, Fantastic. Keeping out Harry Maguire, you've got to love it, mate. You've got to love it. It was a really, really good fingertip save. And, you know, that was his present to us for Valentine's Day. And we, yeah. and we absolutely adore him for it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but just a bit of normality, of course. I'm Max on with Dom, of course. Two bags of light bulb uh, with the cool dynamic. So, good performance is the overarching thing. There were, there were negatives. Yeah. There were negatives here and there. But much, much better performance. Probably one of the best performances we've put in under Sam Allardyce. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I said it a bit on the call down, which you guys can go and check out at, uh, at WBA Latest on Instagram. Um, I was saying that the, the word that I'd use to discuss this match would be optimism. It's given me a hell of a lot of optimism, mate. Way more than the previous few games have. We've been stuck in, you know, in the trenches, haven't we, with this team? And like you said, she's been a bit of a tease, hasn't she, old West Brom? And um, today, absolutely delivered. Um, fantastic performance by pretty much everyone. I don't think I could pick anyone out, to be honest, as who had a bad game. Yeah, I'd say averages of everyone was five and above, in my opinion. Um, mm. I'd say around the fives, the sixes, Maitland-Niles looked a bit leggy later on in the game and um, just just lacking a bit of experience, do you know what I mean, in that good, sort of position. But still a good contributor. But had, if you'd yeah. say that Maitland-Niles was the weakest performance there, still a great no, contributor. No, that's what I mean. Of, if, we, if we're saying the floor of the performances is a 5 or 6 out of 10, yeah. we're definitely making progress as that. Mm. Um, and again, it, it, it comes down to the fact that I think there are bones here to progress to something next year, whichever division so. we're in. Um, and if, if we push on even more, maybe we stay up. But Well, I would say I would say there are bones here, especially in the way that we constructed the midfield today, um, to, to really push on. And we could have won that game today. We had, we had opportunities with Diadne up front and he could the guy could have got a hat-trick. Uh, the new guys look really, really good. We've discussed Maitland-Niles just you know 20 seconds ago. He had a, a 5 or 6 out of 10 performance. Um, but still, you know, great performance. Giannis Lee was absolutely on fire. Boss in that midfield. You know, he was on the ball and off the ball. Truly exceptional. Really holding that play together in the midfield. You know, Claudio Jakob-esque, an anchor. You know, we could use all the cliches, but he was today, and he looked great on the ball as well. He's a player we've missed. Thought these touches, exceptional little one-two touches mm. he had, beating a couple of players in that Man United progressing midfield. play, really, really progressing good. play. He was really um, good. It's what we've missed. I think Gallagher had a bit of a return to form today. Really yeah. high energy performance. You know, moving yeah, yeah. the ball. You know, when he uh, when he needed to lateral passes sometimes, but sometimes he'd find those searching forward mm. passes and. Just, just great overall just play. Classic, classic Gallagher play, mate. Where we, he just what we fell forward, in love with him forward. For. Yeah, exactly. The man is tenacious, and it's the yeah. word the commentators always use. He is. The guy's got nothing He's but non-stop. tenacity. He'll go forward non-stop, and it's great when you have those guys that could come in behind and cover the space that he gives. And Jonas Lou did that in spades today. Absolute spades. Yeah, this is what this team suited came to do. On. Same. Yeah, yeah. This is what this team suited to do. This team isn't suited to sitting back and defending. And I don't think many teams are because we talk about this that you don't. 
you know, we concede a lot of goals like that because you let you let on the pressure and the law of averages imply that if you give them 10 shots, they're going to score at least one, especially mm. against high-quality teams. So, Gary Neville made the perfect point. You've got to make the most of possession when you have it or at least keep some of it in order to keep clean sheets. That's what the best teams do and that's what even teams like Burnley try to do. You know, they try and, when they have the ball, they make the most of it and don't squander it or they try and keep it for a significant amount of time more than you might have accepted a couple of years ago. So, that's the sort of style of football I'd like to be playing. You know, the press in the first 20 minutes was exceptional. It was one player would go. If the pass moved, the next player would go. If it moved back, then the next player would go. It was very good, very effective. And they were breaking themselves down, Manchester United were, because they were forcing themselves into mistakes. Well, we were forcing them into mistakes. So that's the big benefit to me on that, is that we this press was very, very impressive. And I want to see us do that even more. And we only concede because we decide to drop back into our own half and actually let them come onto us and Bruno Fernandes puts away a a really good finish. I mean we can talk about the space he's given, but it's a very good finish and it just flies past Sam Johnston and we go into the second half. So we go into half time and there's a bit of a shift, isn't there? I don't know, like a mental shift or whatever and Man United, you know, come back in, start playing their game, set up correctly. Because let's be honest, you know, when the only reason we have a chance against these teams is if we're absolutely on it and they're really not. And Man United were not on it in the first half. Definitely not. You know, Gary Neville said it in the commentary on Sky Sports. And he was absolutely right. Um, you know, we stifled them, yes. And our tactics did stifle them. But they weren't They weren't getting through their tactics, mate. They weren't doing the stuff that they usually do stylistically. Um, and in the second half, it showed. Because even though we had a lack of possession in the first half, massively dwindled in the first 10 or 15 minutes, I think we had like 16 or 17 percent possession in the first 10 minutes of that second half you know crazy crazy amount of uh, <laughs> crazy low amount of possession but that's just the way we play um and man united really put us under the cosh and it did feel more like a uh an actual albion game in this premier league campaign didn't it just sitting back two banks taking a beating uh and that was basically us for the first 15 or 20 minutes of that half wasn't it yeah we invite a lot of pressure on at the start of the second half and you know, Man United sort of step it up a bit. But again, luckily we start to, we sort of push up a bit, step it up a third and we're not camped in our own half um, or even at times our own third, which we have been in the past. So we're able to push out a bit and create some chances and their game plan sort of goes out the window again. So I think we did a really good job of stifling them, frustrating Mm -hmm. them to the fact where they went through plan A, plan B, plan C and probably ended up at plan F in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're still guilty of sometimes going back into our own half again too much when we mm. could have stayed out yeah. and been a bit more um, pressing but uh, that'll come but do you, reckon that's a, do you reckon that's a mentality issue with us or do you reckon that was just the, the sheer amount of pressure that Man United were levying at us at that point I think it's at times a mental thing and a tactical thing which they've been told um, and I think we should be getting out of that sort of mindset um, because sometimes we get deep and then we don't go out so we sort of invite pressure on for too long. So there's like a five-minute period where we're just saying, come and attack us, come and attack us. Sometimes it gets to 10 minutes just saying, come and whip balls in, come and score against us. Um, and sometimes we need to nip that in the bud quicker. So when, mm. when we do get the ball clear well enough, then we can all come out, uh, set up properly, um, and sort of have at least a few players in there half pressing, which I yeah. think is what these guys are suited for. These, you know, these players are high energy. We shouldn't be, you know pigeonholing them into just playing in this really you know just horrible low block of 20 years ago so i think with more of a press we can we can cause teams 
you know, who aren't as good as Man United, a lot more problems than we would uh, with any other system. I just want to have a quick change of pace for a second because I really want us to talk about the midfield today um, because I feel like the game was uh, neither won nor lost today because it was a 1-1 draw, but we got the draw and we could have won because of the midfield. I think the midfield was integral today. Very, very um, And I think our setup today in the midfield was exceptional. I think this is probably our strongest midfield from the uh, from the players that we've got to select from. Um, maybe the only change, I would say, with... Uh, if we're playing lesser teams, uh, would be maybe to take Maitland-Niles out and maybe to put in Grant or Robinson as a bit more of an attacking threat on that left-hand side um, and use that as a tactical advantage against those kinds of teams, depending on who we're playing against. I'm just talking in a simple generality of a lesser team than Manchester United today. But um, I do think that this is probably our best setup, our best midfield selection. Just a, a midfield that can look after itself, can come back. And I've said this on previous podcasts. Screens the midfield, well. it screens perfectly well. And the screening is so um, integral to the mm. way that we play under Sam Allardyce. It needs to come back and really help very, very quickly the amount of pressure that's put on the defence because we know the weaknesses of our defence. Yes, considered the most goals in the league. We know all this kind of stuff, but it's also the way we set up with Sam Allardyce. We need that screen to quite quickly come back and aid the defensive unit. And they did that so well today. But not only that, going forward, people like Conor, Conor Gallagher was perfect 10 out of 10 Conor Gallagher today was tenaciously going forward coming back winning challenges yeah he got a yellow card but so what so did Claudio Jakob Claudio Jakob got a yellow card every game it wasn't a game for Claudio Jakob you know unless he ticked that off and got a yellow card it's just a, a, a consequence for the way that he plays. It's the same with Conor Gallagher. You know, Jonas Lou got a yellow card as well because he's tenacious going in for challenges. And we've talked about his proficiency off the ball and on the ball in today's game. And obviously we've only really got today's game to go on from OK Jonas Lou. He played, I think, 10 minutes in the previous game, so not much to go on. But if he keeps playing the way that we've seen, we've seen him today and the way that he sets up within the midfield, he's going to be so integral to us going forward, not just in the midfield, but just for the whole makeup of the squad entirely. Yeah. If we could somehow hold on to him, if we go down to the championship, no way, um, no he'd, way, he'd be a force there. But I, I really don't see it happening. I see him using as a stepping stone to mm. maybe regularly playing for Celta or another Spanish club, or you know, uh, a Champions League club, maybe in Turkey or maybe another Premier League club, because he, he did show some quality today. And if he keeps that up, then he will be. You know, putting himself in the shop window for a lot of clubs. Mm. Um, I think he will, and I think Maitland Niles coming in really helps us out. Snodgrass is a great player; uh, he has been for me, and you know, he's he's, he's kind of um, integral to the way that we play. And, I think he was a bit weak today. The wings. In my opinion, I think Snodgrass was a bit weak today. His mm-hmm. positioning sometimes lacked, and um, so sometimes went uh, went close when he didn't need to, uh, and was having to recover. Which did well. If we're nitpicking, then maybe. Yeah, but I think again, overall, it's, it's if you were to, to look at the overall, it's similar to yeah, Madden. If we look at the overarching, yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, overall, I would say he's, he's probably he, he warrants a better rating than that. But you know me, mate. I hate this, this whole rating system. Mm. <laughs> but he, for me, overall, I think he was you know a seven out of ten, something like that. It's just obviously we can nitpick on one or two uh, things that have happened in the game. Um, 
but I think this is the best midfield that we have. And the thing that is a little frustrating, it's hard to be frustrated after watching us draw with Manchester United when we're expecting to get rolled over, mate. But yeah. the little thing that is frustrating is that oh, if only we had this team at the start of the season, if only we had on a slew, Maitland-Niles, uh, Deanne coming in as well, all these players at the start of the season, we could have really given it a shot and we wouldn't have been, you know, sort of 13 points adrift at the start of the day. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's the only thing that's really frustrating. When we get to this point and we have, you know, better players at our disposal, but obviously we don't know what the recruitment, the plan. Well, the plan was to re-sign players and sort of do it wisely, but maybe these players weren't available back then, or the scouting maybe, didn't yeah. extend that way. But you are right that it is frustrating that we haven't had these players for the start of the season, but we've got them now, and we'll make a good mm. run of it. Um, if we go down and we're in contention of three points, six points, three points, then it, it's it's a recovery that's well deserved, and yeah. the players have put a good shift in. Um, I think if we do survive, it'll be a bigger escape than the last time we did it, personally, uh, because of what we've come mm. from. Um, it'd be annoying a, a little bit. Part of me would think that the ownership doesn't deserve that for what uh, what they've put us through this year. But obviously, I still want to stay up because of the love of the club. Um, but I, I want to see us play more like this. I want to see us play, you know, the, those little pockets of positivity at times you yeah. know we're not just sitting back for 90 minutes we are being a bit expansive for 40% of the game and and that takes a lot of pressure off so we're not defending the whole game I mean you know the defenders feel more confident because they're not having to constantly uh, defend you know so they can take a bit more pride in one clearance and then they can see it progressing to an attack it's a it's a whole mental thing so I was quite impressed with that uh, Bartley again good game We've we've been critical of Bartley in the past, but again, really good game today. Ajoy, good game. Furlong, good when he came on. I think he'll start next game. Uh, mm. Really good at crossing the ball, Darnell Furlong. And if we can hold on to him going down to the championship, then we've got another year of that. And he's a very, very, very good player Yeah, uh, as a fullback. And especially if we go with a more attacking style, if Allardyce was to leave, then he'll be incredibly serviceable, if not more, in that position. So, very positive. Connor Townsend, good performance. Uh, new three-year deal. Uh, again, he'll be good for us deserved in the championship. Well. Yeah, deserved, mm. deserved new three-year deal. He'll be good for us in the championship. Uh, sometimes positionally weak, as a lot of these players are, but I think that just comes from the quality lacking at, at times yeah. across the across the squad. Um, but the Especially Hessel, in the defence. The, yeah, the Hessel, Roberto Carlos got his new three-year deal, and hopefully he'll, <laughs> he'll pr- further prove why he just got it. Well, yeah, I mean, and if we're talking about how to move forward as we are now, um, you know, these next, I think really four fixtures are huge. The, the, the next two are massive, or three you could argue, but the next four, we're talking about winnable games. We've got Burnley away on the 20th, then a week later we've got Brighton at home, then Newcastle at home, and then Crystal Palace away. This leads us up to the 13th of March, and that's four fixtures it's, that it's are positive, very, very winnable. We were talking about this not too long ago, that, you know, these were... Even these games that we now look as potentially winnable, we were looking at these losses because of how bad we were playing, the mentality Mm. around the club. But after a performance like that, we could go into those and think, right, that we could come out of that with 12 points um, against teams around us, for one, so that would close the deficit regardless. But if then they win their others, we could still close that gap by about three or six points, which is is a positive start to us potentially surviving. Um, Mm. But if those I mean, teams it's a funny thing. Skid, then we could really 
we could have cut. So what? The deficit's now twelve points after today's draw. Yeah, it was um, thirteen at the start of the day. I think so. so it's we could 12 be looking now. at possibly putting a big dent into that um, gap if we can actually go on a bit of a winning streak. Picking up. Well, what I was going to say was it's huge. a bit of a. It's a funny. It's a bit of a funny thing that after one game you can have a bit of a mindset change because <laughs> after the Tottenham game, after losing two 0 to them away, um, and watching this torgid, torgid Sam Allardyce football, where every time we get the ball, we either lose it in two passes or we don't really get the impetus and we don't have the ability to string a few passes together or or build an attacking threat, and all we're basically doing for ninety minutes is holding out and hoping that we don't concede three or four or five goals. Watching that game is awful. It's awful having to watch games like that. But today, yeah, we had a bit of that in the second half. A lot of that, you could argue, in the second half. But every time we picked up the ball, we got passing moves together. It looked We looked threatening. We looked, looked very good. threatening. Quick. And we can sit on this podcast now and we could say, Diadna could have got a hat-trick. You know, we were we were creating enough opportunities for our new guy that's just come to this league, never played any Premier League football till he got um, uh, and signed for West Brom, and he could have got a hat trick at Man United uh, against Manchester United today, quite easily. Um, and the it was just a case of being good. unlucky. There were quick yeah. moves. They were, you know, slicing them open. You know, coming from players like Matt Knowles, for what I've said about him being in a negative way, he was, you know, a part of some of these moves, and that that pass to Diani across the box, it it, oh, it leaves a lot brilliant. wanting. But um... but it's an interesting conversation because I, the people that I was watching the game with, um, one of them said to me that um, they were like, ah, oh, about the Diadna chances, um, the two that he missed. Oh, uh, Grant Grant scores that in that position. Grant finishes that if he's playing up front. There's no evidence to suggest that. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, yeah, there's no evidence to suggest that for one, right? And it's kind of like, well, would Grant be in that position in the first place? You know, Diadna, like a good thing that you can observe off the ball about Diadna's game is his ability to drift into these spaces and create these opportunities. He gets angry compared to well. any other striker that we have. So uh, for me, for, for the yeah, yeah, quality. exactly. And he, you know, he's hungry for it. He wants the ball. At, mm. at times to feed, or he wants a better pass in the mm. air so he could do more with it. You know, he looks hungry, and you know he's fought for that goal against Lindelof, um, yeah. and he's fought for that chance one on one with De Gea when he, he re- well he sort of wrestles with Maguire. So, mm. so really good work chances, and the fact we're even creating these chances is a huge bonus. Uh, huge. And just with more, more games, more sharpness, more confidence, these these chances will go in. Um, and if we could do this against who is it Burnley next? I think Burnley next, um, and, and it's next Saturday as well. So it gives us a good, it gives us six days, um, and then we've got a game a week after against Brighton at home. So you've got a good amount of time here, and you look at how Diadna has changed and developed as a striker um, in, in in such a short amount of time to, to to his position today, where like we said, scored a great goal. You know, pro- like like you said, argued probably the hardest of the uh, the three opportunities. Could have scored a hat trick against Man United today. Um, is creating a huge amount of opportunities. Uh, the midfield being absolutely on point today, the strongest midfield I would argue at the at, in at, so far this season. Um, and we're going in at Burnley on Saturday at three p.m. on you know, and for me it's a winnable game. Yes, Burnley are on some good form. Yes, Burnley are a good side. Yes, we're away from home. Um, but I'm optimistic. And after the Tottenham game. I was I was at sub zero optimism mate. I was in decimal figures for optimism. Yeah. I was like this I is think... the season, it's ended, blah blah blah. And the season might already be over. We're 12 points behind I think like you say, but this there's a shred of optimism yeah. still this there. I've still got well. some hope. Is is if we play like we played today, more consistently as well. Like I said the one the one 
drop off for me is the fact that we did at times go too deep for too often and invite mm. too much pressure on. Um, which is understandable to an extent against Man United. We we definitely can't do that against Burnley because that'd be stupid because it's Burnley, not Man United. Um, so I want us to go out there. I want us to empl- you know employ this press again. You know balance yeah. the, the the press with the um, the low block, and then when we come out of that, we can create the chances like we did today. Um, and even if we lose against Burnley, which obviously I hope we don't, if we still put in a really good performance and come away from it with a one 0 loss or a three two loss, and we scored some goals and things like that. I'd still be happy with the performance. I'd still see the the positives within the squad. I, I want to mm. see us fight. Bare minimum, I want to see us fight. Whether we go down or stay up, I want to see this team battle. That's what. I well, that's the thing is, today we've got a point on the board. Great. It helps us. It was a point I wasn't expecting us to get today at the start of the day. So that's fantastic. What an advantage. But I think the thing that gives me... The thing that we've taken the most from today is we've still got hope. There's still hope we can stay up, having looked at today's performances, individual performances, but also team performance, because we've been so disjointed throughout the entire season. Um, you know, and we've had new a new manager come in with a new philosophy, a new way of playing, utilizing players that were not part of the squad. Them coming back in, him signing his his uh, you know four players that he wanted. So it's good to see us all moving together forward in the same way for the same reason. Individuals playing out, playing better than they have been for the entire season. Um, it's optimistic, you know, and it's good for a team that are 12 points behind um, in this deficit to still have optimism because some teams would reside themselves to the fact that they're going down. We still might do. The odds suggest that we're still very, very likely to go down. But four winnable games, mate, I've still got hope. Still got hope. There's, there's a shred of hope, and it is last chance saloon with this squad and this lineup and this system. But if we employ it consistently and uh, to effect, then we stand a chance of it working. Um, but like I said, I just want battle. I want determination from these guys week in week out. You know, just to you know fight for this club, fight for your Premier League status to an extent. Mm. Um, if you can go out and save that. Um, and like I said, there is a there is a slim bit of hope, and it'd be a great story if this is the you know because it, it is the last chance. It is you know all the signings are in. They've been blooded in. They're 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 playing consistently with each other, probably in training, and will fra- uh, now in games for the foreseeable future. So this is it now. This is the this is the squad going forward for me, uh, and I assume for you. Um, yeah. Even with Dean Garner coming back, it's hard to see where he fits in. Dean Garner like is getting the squad for me. Possibly, possibly for Matt Lenars if we're going for that more attacking. But option I still on the think left. that Callum. I still think that Callum Robinson and uh, Colin Grant are ahead of Dean Garner at this point, unless something dramatically I'd changes. Say, I'd say Grant is Grant is for me. Robinson isn't because uh, uh, I'm not too sold on Robinson uh, from what I've seen recently. I think he's much more of a presence off the bench than a starting player. But starting Grant on the left, I'd be more inclined to do. Um, mm. and, and Dean Garner's defensive work rate, I think, is a bit better. When he's on the left, then then Robinson. Um, so if he gets a chance, you know he could. He needs to prove himself because yeah. we know he well, can win I mean. the championship. And if we go down, then he, he may well do it again. Uh, but we want to see something in the Premier League from him if he does get his well, start. That's what I said about him massively changing. Unless there's a massive, I don't know if it's his attitude or whatever. But unless there's a massive attitude change or the way that he's training, and if he starts, you know, developing in the way that we know that he can, and he starts, you know, applying himself in training, and that contributes to him actually getting selected in the first team, then fair enough. But for me, on current form and the way that he's playing, he's 
he's fourth to be chosen in that left midfield position. You know, behind, for me still, behind Callum Robinson, behind Carlin Grant and behind Maitland-Niles. Yeah, well, I, I understand that because of form and the pecking order and what's been shown on pitch. Um, but I think there's got to be an opportunity for him somewhere, uh, especially if we go on a bit, like off the bench, he may get a chance. I don't know if he was on the bench today, to be honest with you. I didn't really see the bench. Um uh, my one gripe is I would have wanted us to do a bit more coming off the bench a bit earlier to get more legs on. Like I said earlier, Matt Lenard's got a bit leggy. So, mm. you know, Livermore coming on was good. He was solid. Some of his passes were pretty poor, but um, he's just a good presence in the midfield to bring on when we're trying to look to consolidate these sort of results. Um, yeah. But positives all across the board which is something we yeah. really haven't said in a while when we come away from these games and sometimes we came <laughs> away from them with a loss and thought oh but there's positives but we come away from it with a draw saying there's positives um, yeah. and to talk about a few more positives of course guys we're going to round out this episode with a West Bromwich Albion memory our West Bromwich Albion memory today comes from Luke on Instagram uh, it feels very fitting for what we're talking about today about that battle that tenaciousness you know, at the end of a season, you're trying to salvage anything from a, a relegation scrap. Um, and it, it sums up what that this team was um, and what we're hoping for the current squad to be like as well. One of my favourite moments was the last-minute winner against Tottenham, which Jake Livermore finished the season that we got relegated of last. So many weird emotions, but... An incredible feeling for everybody around the, the stadium. Everybody hugging everyone. Amazing. It was an incredible end to that season. It was very sad to see us get relegated, of course, after such stability. And mainly comes down to administrative neglect, as many things do at West Bromwich Albion. But um, just great, great passion from the players at that point under Darren Moore. And Big Dave did everything that he could to try and salvage uh, Premier League status. It wasn't enough in the end, and... I think we still had some great memories in the end, like Luke said. You know, just the atmosphere, the mixed emotions, of course. Um, but just Captain Fantasco poking at home. Uh, whether it was Captain then, I'm not too sure. But um, really was uh, great moments. So such a sad, sad time. Which which is the minimum we can hope for, which is what we want to see. I mean, even in that relegation battle, we still had those fun moments, those fun atmospheres, you know, those those results near the end of the season, like against Man United. Uh, so we're hoping for more of those and maybe even be able to survive this time around. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, we just need to emulate that, don't we? You know, that, that season, um, you know, obviously we went down under Darren Moore, but Darren Moore gave everything. And that was the, that was the reason why everyone loves Darren. You know, that is the reason why people love Darren Moore. And that's what was so difficult when he had to leave, uh, when he was sacked. And there was a bunch of fans like me at the time that were like, oh, you know, it's difficult to see Darren go. But you knew that he had to based on form and based on his naivety tactically uh, during that championship campaign. But during the Premier League, it was, you know, everyone was behind Darren. Everyone was behind it. Everyone really wanted us to get out there and we really started turning some form and getting some results under our belt. And, you know, the Tottenham result, the last-minute winner, 1-0 with, with Jake Livermore, was was one of, if not one of the best moments of that period of time. So, you know, we just need to sort of delve into that and sort of create our own, what would you call it, sort of our own furore, our own... Um, environment the same that we did at that time yeah. because I feel like after the 1-1 today we can you we know there is a certain element of, of hope 
a quick rebuild of the dressing room and um, a quick passion put together. So those guys mm. that they quickly you know rallied together at that point in the season and thought right, let's at least go out and try for starters, which is what we want to see from this lot as well. You know, yeah. set yourself a goal of you know as stupid as it sounds. I mean, survival should be the goal, but have a minimum mm. goal of don't get relegated by more than six points. Do you know? You know, you want to fight for pride at the end of the day, don't you? You want to go, look, if you play well enough here, you might get another chance at the Premier League. Or you'll get a chance starting in the Championship for us next year. You know, things like that. It needs to be quickly rebuilt. Like it wasn't a big dive at the end of that season when it felt, you know, there was like a weird happiness around the club. I think Luke said that in his message, you know, mixed emotions. Mm. Because it was sad because we kind of knew what was coming and what could have been. But also just... It's just fun to win games in general, you know, no matter the position you're in and the passion that comes with that. I always feel like he says it's for pride. I think Darren Moore said in a post-match interview, you know, we get a bit of pride and commitment, you know, and you need that, you know, especially with fans now, when you look at our situation being so far behind, you know, just getting out of the relegation zone. It's for pride, it's for commitment, it's for the fact that you're professional football players, you should be wanting to win every game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's ingrained into your mentality. And for us as fans, we want to see the best of our team. Well, that's we what's annoying, We want to see the best football it? we can. When that doesn't happen, it's very annoying, it's very frustrating as fans when that doesn't happen. Um, so we want to see that week in, week out. And we want to see more of the same today. Um, yeah. Well, we want to see more of the same next game from today, I should say. Um and we want to see more of you guys at the next episode. So be sure to join us for that one. And we thank you for joining this one. Uh, thank you to Luke for his memory today. If you have a favourite Albion memory, be sure to send it to us at Two Baggers One on Instagram. Uh, we like the voice note ones because we love getting you guys on the podcast. So if you want to send us a voice note once, then you can. Or you can send us a written one as well. Uh, any unpopular opinions as well, get those in. Any suggestions for the pod that you might want to see, send those in as well. Like you guys. Listen to us and we want to get you guys involved as much as we can. So be sure to do that. And for me, it is goodbye and, of course, a happy Valentine's Day. You know, thank you for putting up with us. You know, it's a tumultuous time, of course. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking a break from your romantic meals. Yes, um, And listening to this for a good uh, 40 minutes or so. <laughs> and uh, if you're quick, you might be able to go up to the shop and get some flowers for the missus as well once you've listened to this. So be sure to do that. <laughs> Dom, of course, thank you for joining me, mate. Yeah, no problem at all. It's great talking about uh, actual points on the board, isn't it, for once? I know. You got any plans? Any Valentine's Day plans, Dom, before we leave? Oh, loads, mate. Loads. Yeah, yeah, You're oh, keeping no, me away from them. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, be sure to go and do that now. Um, <laughs> but guys, have a good one, yeah? We'll see you in the next one. Come on, you baggies.